Welcome to the Law of Startups podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we're lucky to have in the studio Lynn Ho, the founder of Omnummy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. So tell me now, for folks in the world who haven't heard of this, and there's probably, I mean, it's very, I'm not sure, like Omnummy is a super cool thing, but tell us about what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I always get the question, how do you even pronounce Omnummy? Um, how did you get the name Omnummy? Right. Omnummy comes from the sound that Cookie Monster makes when he invades his cookies. So <laughs> om nom 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 nom. So that's where the name comes from. Uh, and Omnummy is a new app similar to a Yelp meets Etsy style for finding and ordering from artisans, home cooks, and home bakers. Yeah. So um, so for those who are listening, the, the way you spell it is O M. N-U-M-M-Y. So if you want to go to the App Store and download it right now uh, or go to the website. Uh, the website basically just leads you to the, the App Store, though. But um, it's a pretty website. Yes. So your idea, remember we talked about this for the first time. It might have been like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Your idea, And then we sort of lost touch with each other. You went off and built the thing. Yes. But your idea was initially like, hey, there's really good cooks around the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like to, they, they like to cook at home and, and they would love to be able to sell their food to people. And I remember like one of our first conversations as well, that sounds awesome, I agree. However, there's these various rules and regulations about kitchens and stuff, and that actually influenced how things developed, didn't it? Yes, yes. Um, originally, so my inspiration, first of all, came from just a desire to have healthier food options. Um, and then after uh, becoming a, a mother of two, you know, I, I got tired of buying cakes from from Costco and stores like that because you really can't understand what's really behind the labels. And and when you look at the ingredients, um, some of the words you can't even pronounce. Um, So so I I know and very well aware that there are um, artisans out there. You see them at farmer's markets all the time, Um, home bakers, home cooks. And I truly believe, too, that authentic cuisines, whether it's Indian, Chinese, Italian, it has to come from somebody's home kitchen. Um, And that idea then became uh, a nummy, basically. Uh, And by looking into it, yes, there's a ton of regulations. Uh, It's called the the cottage food um, law. And with that, basically, um, it allows folks to sell from their home kitchens, but you have a list of food types that you're allowed to sell. Um, and then you also have a revenue cap um, that you have to follow. Um, so with that, uh, the app was, we soft launched the app and it seemed to have gravitated towards that, like the, the cottage food operators. Okay. So today, I want to say 90% of the folks, the sellers on the app are um, are home bakers and artisans, less cooks, um, because of those regulations. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I want to say that over the last uh, couple of years, I've also seen some of these regulations become even more flexible. Uh, For example, uh, in the state of Washington, just last March, um, they've they've increased the revenue cap to $25,000 from $15,000. Also, the list of food types that you're allowed to sell from your home kitchen has also expanded. And if you look at the state of uh, California, uh, their revenue cap is $50,000, if not more by now. It was $50,000 a couple of years ago. And uh, and then their food type is a lot, the the list is a lot longer than, than the state of Washington. Okay. 
What so, are the uh, what are the types? It sounds like baking is is a big area. Like, uh, what what are the what are the types of foods that are okay to sell from your home, and what what types of foods aren't? I mean, in generally uh, speaking, it, I'm sure the list is pretty long. <laughs> yeah, the list is pretty long. It, there are things that are more obvious, like no sushi. You can't sell sushi out of your house, um, or any raw meats, uh, things like that. And um, but the safer bets are obviously baked things, cooked things. Um, the, hence, the baking community has gravitated towards this app. Um, there's a lot of bakers out there and operate out of their home kitchen. And um, I would say, like even things like jams, jellies, stuff you find at farmers markets, um, beef jerkies and nuts and uh, nuts and popcorns and and a bunch of other things like that. Yeah, you know? right. Mm-hmm. It's so- Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Oh, I was I was going to say there's a couple directions we can go with this conversation that I think are both pretty interesting. One, I'd love to hear about the origin stories of some of these companies and what you were doing before you started the company, how you made the decision to to branch off and and, and pursue this particular thing. Um, and so maybe we talk about that first. But then I also love to talk with people that are especially in the mobile app space about you know the challenges that businesses face around um, when you launch an app that you've created that that does the thing you wanted to do, how you attract a community to it, um, because that's a that's a problem that's getting harder and harder um, on the app store. So, but why don't we start with the origin story stuff? I mean, what's, uh, tell us about, you know, why this and, and, and how you came to where you are now. Uh, so, so why this? Uh, so again, my, um, my inspiration really came from the desire for healthier food options. Um, and uh the 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 more um, as I became a as I was saying earlier when I became a mom of two, you're even more conscious about what you eat, what's in your food. You really there's also a, a movement even in in the food industry to have even more transparency into what you're eating and where's the food coming from. Um, you know there's a there's a whole movement around shop local and 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 then also giving back to the local economy was an important thing for me. Um, I've always supported local artisans, um, local home bakers, and and I, I felt like the, the the challenge was how do you find them? You know they exist and you're not going to go to a farmer's market every weekend to go find them. Um, and with today's technology like how can how can we connect consumer um, the food consumers with with these artisans um, and home cooks? So how did you? So what were you doing before you started? And and um, and I don't know what 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 helped get you to the point where this from from the idea that this mm-hmm. seems something I need and something I want. Um, I don't know. Are you, have you done entrepreneurial activities in the past? And this is a a, a part of a long line of, of ventures, or or is this something new? Like a I'm always curious about the the transformation of how people how people shift from whatever they were doing before into this uh, startup startup life. Yeah, um, I would say a couple of things. Um, being in a uh, family and following my late father's footsteps a little bit, he was very much a serial entrepreneur. Um, and uh, and then secondly, my my background before before this, um, I've always been in in tech marketing. Um, so anywhere from uh, you know infrastructure management, application performance management, like very techy mm-hmm. back end stuff, um, cloud infrastructure management type of uh, space. Uh, but always in in the marketing arena, and so um, if you combine that world, uh, the corporate world, and you combine the entrepreneurial spirit that that I 
<laughs> I love yeah, some, some people, you you, just, if you've got the bug, it's not, nothing's stopping you from, uh, right. from starting your next thing. So sometimes that's the answer is as easy as that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the marketing side of things is a good transition to, I guess, the marketing aspects of your business. The, the nice thing, you know, we try to talk about things on the show that are somewhat universal and, um, and every company has the same problem. They, they have an idea, they, they want to build it. Usually the building it part is something that's achievable um, because it's just a matter of time and money and, and whatever it is, usually it can be built. But then you get to that point in your business where you have to, uh, you know, the thing is built or almost ready and you have to go find your customers and market the thing. I, I'm, I'm curious to know how, how that worked out for you. If you have any advice for folks, how did you go about finding your first uh, cooks and, and bakers that would be part of it and build that community? Because it's not, um, there's, I don't know that there's a formula for that. Yeah, and and you know I, I'll say that as a marketer, it's it's always about um, know your audience. Um, if that's the audience you're going after, um, you know it's 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 figuring out how to where to find them, how to find them, what makes them tick. Um, and did you go? Did you go reach out to people one on one and sign people up originally, or did you advertise? Or, but it or all just- yeah, it all started with one person who. Um, who happened to to who happened to um, have gone to high school together, and um, and I just heard you know with the likes of Facebook, and you start seeing oh this 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 girl is now all into like home baking and selling from her home kitchen, um, and I'd lost touch with her like I don't know 15, 20 years, and um, and then reached out to her and was like hey you're doing some cool stuff and your cakes and stuff looks really good and you know and so reached out and then I I just started interviewing her and from there um it's just i i've learned a lot um about the space uh, about the food industry in general because uh, obviously that's not my the space that i come from and um and then went from there and it just snowballed wow so how many people how many uh, uh, folks who make food are now on the app and how long has it been since it was launched uh, so we soft launched 18 months ago um there's over 3000 Folks, I want to say um, our conversion is roughly about seventy percent, and we have uh, we have roughly about sixty five percent sellers, and the rest are consumers. Okay, by con- mm-hmm. by conversion, you mean if you find like a baker who comes in to look at it, about seventy mm-hmm. percent of them will sign up. What? Yeah, but conversion. What do you mean by conversion? Oh, um, like people going from from download to actually creating a profile. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's a, that's a pretty high, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty high conversion rate. So mm-hmm. the people who are who hit the button that they're a seller, um, I mean, they must, just this must have filled a real gap if, you're, if your conversion rate's that high. There must not mm-hmm. be anything like that. I mean, no, there is a any. real demand, a real thirst for it. Right. Um, wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah, because Mike and I have been, <laughs> both of Mike and I have been in this situation before where we've built something and then we launch it, and then you know it. Then then we both realize, oh well, gee, um, you know, gosh, you know, it's really hard, really hard to get you, really hard to get users. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a problem that most startups probably have. But it's yeah, not- and it's it's not a for for me. It- it's not, it's not the easy one. Like, you know, it's, it's the mystery box is how you get people to sign up. I mean, I guess it, yeah. it helps to have a great product, but assuming you have a great product, um, you still have to find people and make them aware that your thing exists. Did you, did you advertise on the app store? I know that, uh, so on the iPhone, iOS app store, you could now do, uh, 
You can now do advertising uh, against keyword searches, which is a new thing that they've been doing for, I don't know, maybe six months. That seems like a good way. I mean, how are you, how are you driving awareness of the app? What's the, what's the strategy Um, besides just word of mouth, or maybe it's just spread on its own. Well, part of it is word of mouth because uh, this, this, kind of business is is truthfully a word of mouth model to begin with. You know, when you buy food from somebody's aunt in from their home kitchen, it's usually a referral. Um, and so it's taking that model and putting that online and with the latest technologies. But, um, so there's part of that. I would also say um, I've, I've also um, was lucky enough to get myself plugged into the local baking community in the greater LA area. So I traveled to LA quite a bit um, to... Um, to continue to evangelize and get the word out about the app, and um, and it turns out that I'm uh, an expert now, and I go around and judge cakes at cake wow. shows and, wow, and things like that. So. <laughs> I mean, when you started this company, you didn't think that was going to happen. No. You had no idea you're going to become a judge of cakes. No, no, and <laughs> and some of the, I mean, it's so difficult to judge because some of the f- these food artists that I'm judging are winners on the Food Network Kick War shows and right. Cupcake Wars and things like that. Um, so it's a really tough job, and um, but I think it, but it's become a thing, and I think that by plugging myself into some of these industry events as well, as well as some online um, activities, social media, word of mouth, uh, that has all all helped. Uh, right. So so. I I guess, you know, Mike, getting back to your question about like, um, and I, and I guess, you know, maybe what makes a Lynn's startup different is she's dealing with people who are, who are, who are, who are really trying to find a way to sell their stuff, who are, who had, who had like limited distribution channels to sell their stuff. And then Lynn pops onto the scene and she offers a new distribution mechanism and people eat it up. And then, no pun intended, and then the, these folks, that know, I mean, they, people really know how to make their food look absolutely amazing, right? These are amazing photographs. I mean, your 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 group of, of bakers and other food makers is, they're just, they look like an ingenious group of people who really know how to make great food and, they, and, and how to take great photographs of the food. And that's just got to, like, create a viral loop in and of itself, I suppose, because every cook is going to, or baker is going to tell their friends, hey, check it out. It can buy my, you know, my wonderful... Alice in Wonderland cake pops, if you'd like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is like, this is like food porn or something. Yes. It's just amazing. I mean, eye candy. You like look at this and you think, wow, this is wonderful. This is like a really cool. I really like the experience. Didn't you win a, an award or like, didn't what happened here? Did you win an award for this app or my imagining? Yeah, we actually got voted um, best app of the year um, about eighteen months ago. Um, wow. So we were super proud about that and uh, got us a little bit of press. Um, and I and. And, and Mike, I um, I was just going to say, so in terms of investments and marketing, like I said, uh, other than traveling and word of mouth, really, I'm I'm still working out of my basement and and not pumping a ton. Like there is an outside investment in this, so it's all yeah, self. Yeah. No, and I, the businesses that I've run in the past, I I, I follow the same model. I like to stay small. Yeah. I like to try to build things myself or with with you know maybe a handful of contractors. And that so the the challenge is um I. I I know that that you know you may not be approaching it from the standpoint of like a venture backed company with tons of money to spend, but in in a lot of ways that's that's even more interesting to me because the thing about the app store is that um, it, it's tough to to drive traffic without spending a ton of money, um, and I, I've I've always found uh, even early on when the app store was really cooking and um, and it was easy to get eyeballs, it was still hard as a small small shop or small company to to make to influence the number of people that download the app. Um, right. 
yeah, it's so yeah, I'm always just curious to know what what folks are doing. Um, it sounds like you've been pretty successful. That, that you know, thousands of people on the on the site or on the app using it for something that's kind of this specific um, seems like a pretty big achievement. Great. So nice, nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And Mike, a question for you is you've launched multiple apps as well. And, and I know we've just shared some of the, the, the pain points, but, but, um, have you seen anything, um, similar to Umnami in this space? Um, I don't think so. Other than the, the commercial delivery services like a Grubhub and those kinds of places that are delivering and, and bringing food from, you know, establishments like uh, restaurants. I haven't seen anything like a, a person to person kind of a food sharing thing. So that's, that's maybe that's part of why it's been, you're able to find people. It's a kind of a unique thing. Um, yeah, no, I haven't seen anything like it. Cool. Yeah. So let's talk about I mean, one thing we, we talked to a lot of people about on the show is sort of business models. Mm-hmm. So what's your, what's, what's the business model you've deployed here in the, or like what's your thinking about a business, your business model for this venture? Um, like how do you charge? You charge. Yeah. You so charge a brokerage fee, basically a fee, well, a transaction fee or. So, I, so at the moment um, we are putting the payment system okay. in. Okay. Um, we're not charging yet. Okay. Uh, really, like I said, when we soft launched, uh, it was really just to test a market. Like, yeah. let's put it out there, see if anyone even wants it, likes it, how they react to it, yeah. um, before even charging them. Sure. Um, so I didn't want to come out of the gate, start charging people and charging the wrong amount. And right. things like that. So I really sure. wanted to test it out. Um, but we're now at a point where we're in a good position to charge. Um, the idea is to take a cut from the transaction. Right, whatever is paid yeah. by right. just some small fractional fee, mm-hmm. maybe a membership fee? No, well? uh, no the, okay. the idea is, is at this point is the revenue would be a percentage of the transaction. Um, another revenue stream uh, will be advertising. We're already getting suppliers knocking on our doors okay. um, and asking us how do they, the suppliers, like even like cake suppliers, um, flour, uh, right. folks that sell all the stuff to these artisans, to the artisans right? right. Um, how do they get on the app and, and, and advertise? So that's a second revenue stream that we see potential. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, fun. All right. So rewind for me just to, just to give the audience a, a sense of the, of the time frame again. Mm-hmm. So when you, you came up with the idea, like how many years ago was that? The idea, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that um, driving into Seattle, and yeah. I, the, the initial idea of all. First of all, I've always loved homemade food. Sure. My my mom's food, my grandma, you know, auntie Zola, um, and I remember about fifteen years ago, I was living in Denver, and I um, attempted at at pulling all my friends' top favorite homemade recipes. Huh. Um, and that was kind of my, you know, my thing into food. And, and it had to be homemade from their families, like sure. a family recipe. And yeah. I was going to pull a book together about that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, fast forward 15 years later. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I've. I just, I, I've just always the food, the, the, the attraction of doing something in the food, something in the food, something, something in the, in the food. food industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to call myself a foodie. I love food. I love to eat. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's interesting. And Seattle's actually got a fair number of um, food startups. Yes, yes. But you found, like, after launch, that somehow the sort of geographical pull was strongest out of California. 
Oh, yes. The concentration is definitely in the Southern California. I would say we have um, hundreds, if not close to a thousand, just in the Calif- in this in Southern California right. um, alone. Yeah. And that's probably. I mean, that's probably. Do you think that's just because of the 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 sort of concentration of people living down there? That's it's just a much bigger place, right? More people. I mean, beyond. So, but second to LA, what's your what's your next biggest market? Right now, second to LA would be in New York City. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and you and you've got people in Europe now using this thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was so interesting um, to just see, you know, as as the creator of the app, like I get excited when I see a pin pop up on the map, like sure. a new pin. And so recently, we saw folks join from India, from London, UK, um, and then from China as well. And so it's 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 great. Like. Um, I, I I love it. Yeah. 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 So it's so funny because like Mike and I, we spent a lot of time talking about this on the show, this idea of like, what's the cost of customer acquisition and then what's the lifetime value of the customer yeah. right? all these SaaS metrics and everything. But I guess you're just <laughs> at that point where you're just, you haven't, I mean, it's still, it's still the borderline between a passion project and a, mm-hmm. and a, and a, and a, and a money thing. So yeah. you haven't really made the flip, you haven't flipped yet. And plus, now, you're trying to build a network, right? So any kind of network-based business, you got to worry about building the, the network first. You right. Can't, you don't, you don't want to bur- burden that process, right. I would think. Yeah, I mean, the way I approach it is, I mean, this is this is a marathon. It's a journey. Um, I'm not rushing into, like, let's start charging right away. You know, it's it was more of, um, you know, here's a, let's look at it from a social platform standpoint um you know you look at twitter and instagram like they didn't charge for a while um but let's focus on user acquisition let's fill up the store before you open your doors to the consumers um in the in the more you know heavier investment standpoint but but essentially yeah at at this point it's I, I feel like we're in a good spot. We filled up the store. There's a lot of products to be purchased. Um, and uh, and it's I'm still focusing on obviously the user acquisition acquisition was to, to Mike's point. It's it's a challenging, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's tricky. Like one of the things we did with um, this app that I I I, I mostly uh, sell relaxation meditation apps for the app store and and um, we were having this challenge of trying to find customers and and realizing that it's difficult to spend money to buy to find customers when your product only costs our our top price product was thirty is thirty dollars, which is actually pretty high for the app store, but still still too small to warrant any like significant marketing budget. Um, so you probably have the same issue like you, you know at this point the when you get a new customer, it's not it's not affecting your bottom line immediately. It makes it hard to spend lots of money on things. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of like marketing, yeah. So, it's it, it's interesting how to how to scale when at this stage in your business. It's it's an interesting problem. Um, do you want to maybe change gears and talk about how the development side of things and how you built this? It sounds like your background is marketing, so you didn't. I assume you didn't come into this with like a coding background. <laughs> did you Did you bring in a team? Did you Did you hire contractors? Did you learn how to code? How did you, how did you pull this together? Because I'm looking at the screenshots of the of the app and it looks beautiful. I uh, it looks like it's really well done. Yes, uh, pull together a team, um, and luckily a, a great team. Um, I work with. Um, it basically was a, a referral um, who's now become a, a great friend of mine who did the the coding and together we worked on the design and the UI and how this would would look like um, and. Um, and that's that's that. It was a little team of two people <laughs> to begin with. 
-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So the uh, <clears throat> so the typical purchase, like say I was going to buy a cake, it's typically like how would it, how, it, and I'll get an indication in the app of how far away the the uh, the seller of the cake is, mm -hmm. and I can I I presume mm -hmm. I can go and read about the the person who makes this cake, and yep. she'll have or he'll have a profile. But so is it like I I drive over and pick it up, or they they, they how does it, how does it get to me? Yes. So uh, yes, you can you can browse, look at who's selling in your neighborhood um, down to the street level, um, and then you can chat with them as well and ask some questions. Sometimes you know you you might want a very specific uh, let's just say cake for simplicity. So if you want a, a cake for your son's birthday, um, and you want a Mickey Mouse theme, uh, and you want to communicate some some of those details, as well as maybe it's you really need a gluten free or a, a egg free that kind of thing. You can chat with them and confirm some things, and and then you place your order and um, you figure out as well if you want it delivered to your house or you want to go pick it up. It's between the, the buyer and seller. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. At this point, anyway. Wow. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So, so this is so much fun. So when you think about this and you think about other ways in which this thing can, can I mean, there's probably a number of different directions, right? You can take this nascent community and business. I mean, what do you, what do you think about? I mean, do, do you have ideas about how to grow the business? And I mean, other than just continuing what you, the path that you're on. I mean, mm -hmm. have you thought about other creative ideas that? That might augment this, or like, what do you like? What do you think about in terms of the growth or the future growth of this of this company? Yes. So my first step is is again back to the user acquisition and getting. Let's fill up the store yeah. before um, the big wave of consumers. And the next step is definitely getting it out there um, to get more buyers. Um, the payment process I talked about. And then obviously we want to include um, uh, some advertising channel on there as right. another revenue stream. But really, ultimately, my my vision for this is now that we, you know, with all the open APIs, you can connect easily with some of the other applications is to create um, even more value for the buyers, the sellers, the suppliers on the app and, and ultimately bring them all onto this platform, this Omnami platform ecosystem, right. um, so that together we can create, um, we can create, you know, compelling value and compelling experiences for every type of users that we have on the app. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I imagine, yeah, I imagine like just if I was making cakes, I'd be really <laughs> curious about like, Hey, what, what is the best? Where is, where should I buy my flour or my right. eggs or where should I get the stuff? And right. And maybe historically, I would have acquired it through you know one set of channels, and I, upon further evaluation, growing a business, making more money, selling stuff, I want to mm. transition. But that yeah, that's the that's a nice idea to be able to tap tap into the app and see kind of hey, who are the yeah. who are the best people in the community for this type of ingredient? Right, and and again, and I think that if we can even tap into like the local ingredients right. and how do we connect these sellers with the local suppliers, um, then even better. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, you, you can extend that to other services that might be, that might provide a, a convenience for these sellers like packaging. 
Right. Right. Packaging, um, yeah. Packaging. There's a really cool, uh, there was a cool startup that came through the YC class um, maybe a year ago now that was making packaging for small bake, bake, bakeries. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like the, the idea was um, <clears throat> packaging for mm-hmm. bakeries is typically, typically you gotta, you gotta have a certain scale in order for it to make sense to order Right. boxes with your brand on everything else. And this right. founder had found a way to uh, really create uh, small small orders for smaller bakeries of customized packaging. Yeah, yeah that would be perfect for for these folks over here on, on the app. Um, and so you think about all of the other services that you can add to this app to make the lives of these sellers and buyers and even suppliers make their lives easier. Um, I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. I'm all for a really good food made by someone down the street. Yes. <laughs> That's a really nice idea. So- well, you know, once some, some, somebody once, and I'm going to quote someone, um, once said, you know, uh, when somebody gives you their food, they give you their, their heart. And, uh, and this one person said, and Omnami is putting their, the heart back into the food, ah. so, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. That's really good. Yeah. So, Mike, the answer is just if you're going to build an app, just build it around a group of people who are already super enthusiastic about what they do. So they become your proselytizers. Yeah, it's a good. Good strategy. So how do people Omnami is not, not the uh, what, how do you spell it? How do people find it? Like uh, give it, get, point people in the right direction. So if somebody wants to either sell some food or buy some food, they, they know where to look. Yeah, uh, you can download it on the App Store. It's um nummy, like Cookie Monsters, um num num num, O M N U M M Y. Or you can check us out on on, on our website as well, umnummy.com. That's wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show, Lynn. You're very welcome. We thank you, you for having me. Success, and uh, if anyone uh, wants to get a hold of Lynn, I can email me or Mike, and we can shoot you her email address as well. Super. That's great. Thank Thanks. Thanks for listening, uh, everyone else, uh, and thanks for Lynn for being on the show, and uh, we'll see you all next week.